Welcome everyone to the Canadian Perspective, co-hosted by yours truly, Derek Westra, alongside with myself, Cole Rader. And since our last podcast, the largest strike in human history occurred in India. Canadian interest hit rates hit an all-time low. And the Bank of Canada may be introducing a new cryptocurrency. Wow. We got, a, we got a lot of stories today. So we got quite a few stories lined up for you fellows out there. And I hope you stay till the end. Yeah. Hope you enjoy. Like, follow, do whatever. Download this bitch. Yes, please. <laughs> we need it. Yeah, do whatever you can. Like, review and shit. That helps though. Anyways, enjoy. The first story on the agenda today is the largest strike that occurred in human history. So on November 26th, 250 million workers and farmers went on strike in the biggest strike in human history. Which is insane. Effectively shutting down India amid repression from the government of India. Yeah, put in perspective. That's like... 250 million people. 250 million people. That's more people th- it's like than the entire Canada's. population of Canada. That's eight Canada. That's nearly... I don't know if it's eight. It's close to the, the United States population. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's like 75% of the American population. Right, because they have 330 million. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's insane. They're marching to the capital. Right. They, right? The reasoning for these protests, um, they are demanding the government repeal new laws that deregulate agricultural markets, which would withdraw the government's minimum support price for farm products, giving major corporations power to set crop prices far below current rates and devastate the livelihoods of farmers. Agriculture, for those who are unaware, is the leading source of income for 60% of India's 1.3 billion people. That's a lot of fucking people. That's a crazy amount, considering that the human race is... 7.8 now? Yes, almost 8 billion people. And so they and China have uh, populations that are uh, over a billion. Yeah. So just to put that in perspective. So the Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government insisted that the reforms will benefit the farmers, says that they will allow farmers to market their produce and boost production through private investment. But farmers say they were never consulted. They never are. This is a capitalist system. That's right. And he also claims that they will be able to sell their products to uh, their crops to private businesses. So until now, Indian farmers have sold their crops directly to the government at guaranteed prices. Much like Canada. How Canada has the wheat board to prevent larger farms from putting smaller farms out of business. Yes. Which would be a massive problem. It's, it's basically perfect competition, base, right? That's right. Because it's solely based off the actual product that you're producing mm-hmm. uh, rather than um, your competitive prices. That's right. So That's it's, right. it's solely based off of quality, which is different than most, uh, most competition and how capitalists usually uh, talk about uh, competition, how it works. So trade union leaders expressed concerns that using COVID-19 as an excuse, the government has unleashed wide-scale repression. So in particular, police used violent means to attempt to stop hundreds of thousands of workers and farmers who were on their way to Delhi to demonstrate peacefully in the capital city on the 26th and 27th. They dug 10 feet by 10 feet trenches in the national highways to prevent these farmers from reaching Delhi and have used water cannons and tear gas. Water cannons in the coldest winter 
that Delhi has had. And in fact, two days ago, they had the coldest day in over 70 years in India. And they're using water cannons on their own people. In that, are, in that temperature. In that temperature, which is, you might think water cannons aren't deadly, but, but definitely in this knows. case, it's deadly. If it's cold. And it's a brutal death. Hypothermia. It's a brutal death, too. Right. It's a bit messy, but that's Which is it. a similar tactic they use in the Dakota Axis Pipeline. Yep. And right now, they're using that tactic in, in Germany right now for uh, ecological protest yep. against the building of an autobahn through a very old forest. So uh, uh, That should be illegal. Right it's now, the- it seems like the, uh, the popular way of repressing your population right now. It yeah. is in Hosing season. them down uh, in the coldest time of the year. Yeah. So they die of hypothermia because you want to make some money. Or whatever the reason or is. Or whatever. You just need to repress your population. Yeah. So the demands that the Indian workers and farmers are demanding uh, are as follows. Direct cash transfers of r- rupees 7,500. Equals out to like 100-ish, just over $100 US. That's right. To all families who earn less than the income tax threshold. So they earn less money. They're not even taxed. Yeah, they earn they- so little. It's not even worth taxing them, basically. And B, 10 kilograms of free rations per person every month to all in need. Uh, C, expansion of the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act to provide employment from the current 100 days to 200 days work in rural areas with enhanced wages and extension of this program to urban areas. Provision D, withdrawal of all anti-worker labor code changes and anti-farmer laws. Provision E, stop privatization of public sector corporations, including those in the finance sector. Stop the corporatization of government-run manufacturing and services entities and railways, ordinance manufacturing, ports, and similar areas. Provision F, withdraw the draconian circular of forced premature retirement of government and public sector employees. And G, provide a, a pension to all, restore earlier pension schemes, and improve EPS 95, which I believe is their pension system. Oh, okay. So those aren't like crazy demands. Those are very left-wing demands, though. Very similar to something that uh, a general strike in Canada today or in the United States. Many of those items would be included on those lists as well. The Indian government and 35 leaders of the protesting farmers met for the fifth time on Saturday for talks, but were unable to break through their deadlock, with the farmers saying that they will intensify their demonstrations against new agriculture laws and continue blocking key highways on the outskirts of the capital. Now, halfway through these talks, farmer leaders held placards asking the government to answer yes or no to the demand for repealing new farm laws, because as most of us are familiar, if you listen to a politician speak, they like to skate around direct answers. Yeah, they don't like to answer directly because that means that they have to take a position on it. That's right. And as you know, taking one position means that you're going to piss off other people. Yeah. So they want to be as neutral as possible. Mm-hmm. Basic. And now these farmers are camping along at least five major highways on the outskirts of the capital and have said they won't leave until the government rolls back the laws. So that is some inspiring news from India. Honestly. And these. This general strike began in the Punjab province, which is primarily Sikh. And so at the onset of the general strike, the Hindu nationalist government tried to spin 
it as a Sikh-centric type of protest, yeah, which was untrue. And of course, they were using that in the same ways that they, they blame in the United States, the Republicans blame the Democrats for AstroTurf and stuff like that. Like, oh, the Democrats are putting together this, this protest or they're, they're making up this issue. This isn't a real issue. They try to spin things that way. But it's clear that um, like wildfire, this general strike spread. And oh, yeah, because everybody's pissed off. And now once they hear that the, there's actually going to be a strike, they feel pissed off, too, and agree with the issues generally. And so they're right up in there. And usually their union, their union is alongside. Yeah. Now, it, there's actually a, a, a name if workers go on strike, but their union didn't tell them to go on strike. So they did it on their own free will. That is called a wildcat strike. Wildcat strike. That's right. Interest. And in fact, I learned about that because in France in the 70s, they had an insane protest that went on for a few weeks. Okay. And it, they almost overthrew the government. The prime minister of France left the country. Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. I think this might have been the late 60s, actually. Sometime back then. That's right. So early 70s, late 60s. And he fled the ago. country. And it was spontaneous and the reason why it was so disruptive was because of wildcat strikes the unions didn't necessarily say we're going to go on strike and and come up with a list it's more so a few people went on strike a few organizations and then people started people, following along people went along with it they agreed with and it. all of a sudden everything shut down now these ideas aren't crazy they're not radical. They're not radical at all. They're just asking for um, some stimulus relief. The direct some, cash, cash transfer could be seen as, as, as a one-time... It's a stimulus relief, right? That's right, yes. And then they got some... Uh, the rations, the rations per person. Because people aren't able to uh, provide right now in a food. recession. Yeah, food is, is, is food an is issue. Food is scarce, especially for that many people. Mm -hmm. um, they basically want a uh, jobs guarantee... Just basic left-wing proposals. That's, That's right. all they want. That's it. That's right. Remove all the anti-worker labor codes and stuff like that. They could literally just pass this in parliament and have it done. Right, but you know, it's with. never they're that not easy. Going to do it's that. never that easy. They're never going to do that. They could, though. That's all it will take to send these people home and get them uh, back working. Yeah. That's all it will take mm -hmm. is a day, one day in parliament where they're just like, yeah, let's do it. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. That's all it would take, and, and they won't do it. So. Will they do it? I don't know. This is a lot of people, man. Mm -hmm. This is a fifth. A fifth of India yes. is on strike right Unbelievable. now. Unbelievable. Storming. So, no, not storming, but um, peacefully walking to the capital to protest. And actually, you know, I want to point out something. The, the news articles I received this from were not necessarily mainstream. In fact, I didn't hear much from, from mainstream. Now, the last one... The last information about the, the uh, sorry, the talks demands, yeah. that they had on Saturday came from a CBC article that was published yesterday. Before that, I had a hard time finding any major news networks other than leftist ones, primarily like Democracy Now! and Jacobin and the Industrial Union website. They covered it first. Why do you think that mainstream media has not covered this issue? Well, there's a common sentiment among uh, leftists and uh, protesters and organizers that the revolution will not be televised, which means that those who run the news and media companies 
I mean, privately run. Mm-hmm. They don't want to put any ideas no. into the workers uh, in their countries. Yeah. So probably because they know that the people that work for them would go on strike as well. Right. Because they're oppressing them as well. Mm-hmm. And so then they're not going to be able to make money off their advertisements or whatever. So they uh, don't uh, promote it to the public, even though we should probably know about the biggest fucking strike that's in ever history. happened in human history. Right. So I don't know. It sounds nefarious. I don't think they're actually being like, let's just shut this thing down. Or maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they that's, did. That's all speculative. You would think, because wh- whenever they're... I go onto these major news websites, it's just COVID, COVID, co- every story is COVID. Corona, every story is Corona. There's other things going on in the world that are not necessarily directly Corona related. No. And it's a very annoying that you have to dig through these major websites in order to find it. Well, like, uh, France right now is beating the police. Oh, yeah. Like, we got some good videos. The police are coming out after them and they're... They're getting pushed police back. Police are afraid. I saw protests like, are uh, two videos of riot back. police. They're just there's cowering in fear. There there's fireworks being thrown at them. They're outnumbered, and it's it's crazy. Of course, this is all over the. There was a law that was passed recently in France that made it illegal to video, take a video of a police officer. So of course, people are revolting and taking videos of it and so posting Im- them online immediately. <laughs> actually, right when they passed this law, a video came out, security cam footage that showed these, uh, well, more than two cops, but initially two police officers that were beating the crap and calling uh, and using racial slurs on a black man, um, and threw tear gas through his window into his house. I mean, that's right, pretty bad. Right when that happened, that's and you know, bad. they were dropping the n word on him. Well, they took him into his house because he was. The reason why they harassed him was because he was walking the streets without a mask. And that's understandably, of course. You should, you should be wearing a mask. You should be wearing a mask. now, Regardless. But they, so he was in front of his house. I believe they, they, there was an altercation. They threw him in his house. And then near the front door, they were just taking turns beating the shit out of him. Punching him in the face, punching him in the head, and, the, and dropping the N-word left and right. And then... They threw him into the house, and they, of course, you know, they're cops. They call 47 different police officers to give them backup. backup. They shoot tear gas through his window into his building, which is, I don't think that's legal to use tear gas indoors. It shouldn't be. I think that's not. That's that's super fucked up. That's super fucked up. Anyways, and then, you know, they have their guns drawn, and they end up arresting him. And he's actually a music producer. Oh, really? That wasn't his house, sorry. That was his studio. Studio. That was his studio. Fuck. So his livelihood. So of course that story happened right when they passed these laws that basically said you can't videotape police uh, quote with the intention of shaming the officer or providing harm or some caveat to it to make it seem like you just can't videotape police, but ultimately it will be enforced by the police officers of course. As you can't video police. Yeah. So right when they pass that law, video comes out that they're, you and know. They brutalized a dude. For being black. Yeah. Or where all they had to say was, hey man, put on a mask. Right. Just, just please. You know, and instead then he'll be uh, like, oh, okay. Or he'll be like, nah. And then they're like, oh, well, well here's a fine. A ticket. Sorry. Yeah, here's a fine. Or whatnot. That's, that's the extent of the, um, the interaction. That's so all it should have been. Immediately afterwards, people were in the streets. And, and you know they, France. They take fucking tear gas out for one dude. You know France. They, pro, they riot hard. They, they, they don't just they, protest. They, they originated the guillotine, bro. 
the guillotine is theirs, you know? Yeah. And so they, they, they attacked the Bank of France. They, they, were, they were out. That's good. And they were clashing with police. Yeah, so the point of the story, the point of this tangent was you don't see that on the news, really. No, you don't see it very often on the news. You don't. Even, even the protests in uh, the U.S., they covered that for a week. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped. They're even, still going on. Even though Oregon was still going on. Granted, the issue had evolved from initially the George Floyd protests to protests against police brutality that the George Floyd protests were met with. Yeah. So, but still, there are still protests still going, going on. still going on. You know? How long has it been? That was back in May. The end of May. Beginning of June. Is when all this stuff was going down. It's December. Yeah. It's, it's December. A long fucking time. So yeah, the protests. Oh, sorry, half a year. Yeah, man. The, the revolution will not be televised. No, they don't want other people to know that workers are fighting back, or members of the populace are fighting back and sometimes succeeding. And they don't I, want the revolutionary spirit to spread. No, which it can. It's it's spreading in the U.S. Definitely, people are getting their emotions are getting heightened. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the left uh, doesn't back down once Biden is igno- inaugurated. That's right. I hope so. Um, because he's not going to fix the issues. Well, the fake ones will. The fake, fake ones will. But hopefully the real uh, revolution won't. Real As you know, won't. Occupy Wall Street occurred yeah. underneath Barack Obama. Yeah. In 2011. So uh, Canada is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the same amount of protests going on. Um, now, now, granted, our country is not as fucked up as no. the United States is. We're a lot more progressive and stuff. Not as progressive as nations like Europe. We're about halfway in between Europe and the United States. That's where Canada sits. Uh, But it's it's really nice seeing how many people are in support of these left-wing issues. Worldwide. Worldwide. Globally. Yeah. It's really inspiring. It's almost like workers of the world should unite. (laughs) Now we're going into some uh, some theory here. The only thing we have to lose are our chains. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. The international proletariat. <laughs> okay, I should stop. But anyways, <laughs> so that's crazy. That's some crazy shit. The yeah. Unbelievable. We'll probably be talking about that. I'll give you an update like every episode until it's resolved, I guess. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't take long. Hopefully not. Because, okay, there's half, half or a quarter billion, quarter billion people marching a city to protest the government. That's pretty fucking intense. Yeah. Now, if that gets violent, who's going to win? My money is on the people. Yeah, I, my money is on the I'm people not, as I'm well. I'm not hoping for violence. It's never, I, I am almost against violence on every issue. That's right. But well, yeah, the, we the know threat you. is there we know you. with that many um, million mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. that big of a crowd. So now, it'll actually, be interesting to see what actually happens. Well, things have gotten violent in areas around India. Yeah, in but fact, the whole thing the, isn't violent. It's still considered a peaceful protest. Literally in Nepal, which is right yeah. to the right, of, top right of India, in between India and China, mm-hmm. they've had a, a, a revolution before. But, you know, you never want to see violence occur. No, I, I hope no, one, no one's life is taken. So next on the agenda, we have a follow-up on one of the speakers at that Steinbeck anti-mask rally. Ooh. So the pastor spoke at the the mask rally his church the springs church 
Got fined up the ass. Got fined $37,000. Holy shit. And the court ruled that the Winnipeg Church's drive-in service breaches health orders. The Springs Church okay. first held a drive-in service on November 26th and was fined $5,000 for breaking health orders. It then received 10 more tickets on November 28th and 29th, totaling $32,776 for holding more services. They have also been fined today about 6000 according to uh, some Rebel Media uh, people. Uh, just so. to clarify, Rebel Media is a uh, right-wing, a hard right-wing. Well, they're, they're not trustworthy right-wing either. They're, so take that, take that, take that with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. We don't know. I saw that on Twitter by one of the Rebel Media guys. Yes. Um, now it was there to basically cover the controversy. I see. Yeah. So now, in an affidavit, the church's pastor said he was told if the church held another church in our cars service, individuals would receive fines up to one hundred thousand dollars, and a business could receive a fine up to one million dollars. Are they considering the church a business? I'm not sure. I'm not scenario? sure. Because it sounds like they are. Not totally sure, actually. Because if they are, they should pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should. All Anyways, right. but if, for those who are wondering those... why this went to a court, it, it's due to, this is a drive-in church service. It's yeah. outdoors. Think of a drive-in theater. People show up in their cars. Uh, instead of something playing on the silver screen, it's a dude with a microphone. Um, over the radio too so they got the radios on tuned into a specific station is it yeah that's what i read okay and so you are self-isolating in your car you're not going out and contacting uh being in contact with other people yeah and so i mean it's about as much as much contact with people as you do waiting at a red light on Porter Germain. It's I, I honestly don't see a problem. I don't see a problem this. per I, se with the the specific one where they're in cars. Or the, when they're in and their cars to over over the radio, I think it's kind of tyrannical. To say no to that? To say no to that. I think that's a bit infringing on your rights. If they were there, uh not in their cars, because they're isolated in their cars uh-huh. is the thing. If they weren't isolated in their cars, I think that justifies fines for this yep. gathering. But since they're in their cars, isolated to uh, their own household, I think that this is a fine way for people to get together and um, go to a church service right around Christmas, right? Because yeah. it gives people comfort. I think this is a bit extreme. It is a bit extreme. My, that's my opinion. As a left-wing dude, I think this is a bit extreme. The, the court stated that this could be they use the slippery slope argument that if people get exemptions for this type of for this type of get together then they'll start asking for other ones and then that opens up the door for perhaps uh, an erosion of the public health safety but, guidelines but if the if the line is staying isolated in a vehicle with household members only then what's the problem i don't see that I, if you can make that the the line to follow i don't think there's an issue with that right uh, it just it seems that the court thought otherwise court thought otherwise i don't agree with the court though this is this is one of the instances where i'm going to agree with the the right on 
Right, and I do believe he had a video um, quite a few days ago over one of these these church services uh, of police officers showing to his, up to his house and giving him the ticket. Yeah, and he was, of course, is this is from his own phone, and he was calling them the Gestapo and whatnot, which is a ridiculous claim. Yeah, uh, not saying I, that they're right on everything, which weakens weakens his position publicly, but uh, the general issue of of the drive-in Dri- service, I think, I think it's I the drive-in movie theaters right now should be acceptable too. I guess so, yeah. There shouldn't be any service where they have to open the window, I guess. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, you can go you can go through a drive-thru at McDonald's. That's true, actually. Yeah, you can you go can. through a fucking drive-thru at McDonald's. How, like, why can't you go to church where you're not even opening windows? Quote-unquote li- church. You're you know. listening to a fucking radio. Like, I think it's... Tr- I think it's infringing on rights, personally. Yeah, they should let them do it. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, so, they should like... Let them do it. I'm against Palliser on this, too. <laughs> I, yeah so once they're able to start infringing like they can use the same logic for fa- fast food restaurants you can't go to McDonald's drive through right yeah which, which would then you're destroy dr- which would destroy yeah. our nation yeah I know I know not it being be able to, to I can't get my Big Mac bro I yeah. can't get my Big Mac you're boned. and my chicken nuggies oh. I need my nugs bro Bro, I need those nugs to fall asleep at night. I don't even want to think about night. the type of society we would be living in. If, if nugs weren't on the table, I've literally only had like five chicken nuggets. In your life? <laughs> well, from Don's. I'm going to get canceled for that. <laughs> you ate? N- oh my God. But yeah, so you're in direct contact though with people in that case scenario. And they're making you food. And they're making you food with you their hands. Consume. And how sanitary is it? Who knows? It's, it's fast food, you know. So, so moving- we're not allowed to go to church. Moving on from that whack. So continuing on from that COVID related story, we have another in in this time involving the vaccine. So on the list of people to be vaccinated first, once the vaccine is received and administered Canadian officials, politicians are not prioritized for the early COVID-19 vaccine doses. They are not on the list, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, they shouldn't some be. Ways, you know? They shouldn't be. So under the revised recommendations, the advisory committee has identified four specific groups as the ones who should be considered for early immunization. Residents and staff of long-term care, assisted living, retirement homes, and chronic care hospitals. So the older uh, demographic as well as the uh, poor demographic, which is the most hit by this mm-hmm. pandemic. Individuals of advanced age starting with 80 years and older and expanding by five-year increments to age 70 years as doses become available. Uh, healthcare and personal support workers, considering exposure risk and direct contact with patients and mm-hmm. indigenous communities. So those are the four main ones. Um, and politicians are not on that list. Which is good. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Never. They should never be prioritized on things like this. I mean, it's just good optics for them to, to not be the first. Yeah, to receive I mean, it. Um, we, it, it was expected from Canada that they wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> you can expect that. Uh, other news is like the UK has also green-lighted the vaccine for use in the UK. And uh, I think the FDA is planning to do that December 10th. So in the next couple of days. So 
when's that that would be uh thursday four days from now yeah yeah thursday and then it will be distributed canada is i i saw an article that saying canada would get some directly immediately i'm not sure entirely i doubt that i however the uh, leader of the nep jagmeet singh he said to some reporters recently on december 2nd i believe that he wants to propose that a crown corporation is founded for the production of vaccines in Canada. Yeah, I which, mean, which, that's fine. Which, which he leaked beforehand. <laughs> he did when he was playing Among Us with... Uh, on Twitch. On Twitch with AOC and... Uh, which we covered last week, so... Which is um, fun. I we'll watched see, that. We'll see where that goes. Anyways, the next story. Hopefully. Next story we have... Uh, we got uh, Pallister, uh shit fest time here. Uh, Pallister went fucking viral. He was on NSNBC News uh, for a video he uh, of a video of him uh, urging people to stay home during Christmas while fighting tears back. Um, so it was played on Morning Joe, and they basically praised Pallister for his act of love, quote unquote, uh, for the viral video. And as we all know, Pallister is the reason why we're in such deep shit in Manitoba with COVID. That's right. Especially right now. Especially right now. It's directly because of him. Directly due to his actions and the Conservative Party of Manitoba, the Progressive Conservative Party of Manitoba, yep. we are in the emergency we're we find ourselves. We're at like a 14% uh, of uh, cases coming back positive. Something like that. That's a, that's a lot. I don't know. I don't know if that's the current one, but we're up there. Mm-hmm. And that's the critical point of 3%, that's for sure. Right. And after he won the election in 2016, correct? Mm-hmm. They cut to find holes to balance the budget. They cut health and education yep. and laid off uh, health workers. And then the pandemic hits. And it looks like that was a terrible idea. Yeah. And then he has the audacity. To ask those nurses and those doctors to come back and work for free, to volunteer their time for the pandemic. That's right. And now uh, he's uh, putting in, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, they might Article start 10? using what's referred to as Article 10, which I, I think is a part of a bill, a provincial bill or, or something. Yeah. Basically, for nurses, that means that if you receive a phone call and they need staffing at a certain location... It can be anywhere in the province. They could send you, if you live in Winnipeg, they can send you to Flin Flon. Doesn't matter. If you pick up the phone and they hear you, they tell you to go you have for to that go. shift, you have to go. You have to go. You can't say no and such. And so, I mean, in a situation like this, it's justifiable, but it's only because of his specific policies. We were in the clear Back at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. when we had a total of like 100 cases and like, what was it, like 10 deaths or something? I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. But we had zero cases for a couple of days, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or um, as low as one case, definitely. And then what happened? Due to his policies and him, his uh, Stage urge, four. Stage four yeah, reopening. His urge to get the economy back in track. Now, the economy is worse off than it would have been if we just held off a little bit. And he, more people are dying. There's blood on his hands. And he has the audacity to cry and claim that he's being the bigger man 
by telling you you can't see your family on Christmas. Now, I do not live with my family. I am not allowed to go see my family legally on Christmas. I have to stay home alone during the holidays because of Pallister's specific policies that he uh, went forth with earlier in the year is directly on him. And he should, he should feel bad because he has the blood of the people that are dying on his hands. And we should have just stayed in the third phase of reopening. Yeah, why didn't we until a fucking uh, vaccine happened? Everybody was vibing. Everybody was vibing. We could go out, sit into, uh, sit into restaurants. We could go enjoy things. We were wearing masks. We were being uh, safe. Mm-hmm. And then he allowed, he allowed it to. Well, the, the, yeah, and whoever the, uh, the health minister is, he also is okay, default because he's the one who put together the whole opening yeah, he plan. Yeah, o- he okayed it too. So they work together and it's their policies that fucked it over. Right. And, and now I can't see my family on fucking Christmas because of this man. And he has the audacity to cry on national television. He's holding back tears because he's afraid he's going to lose re-election. That's why. Yeah. A man deserves an Oscar. Fuck. I, I didn't see the video. I don't know if his acting no. is that good. No, he was, he was definitely holding back emotion. It was, he was trying not to cry, but you could tell. Yeah, well, it's his fucking fault. Maybe but it's fucking his fault. He doesn't see bitch. that, though. That's the point. He's just like, I have the responsibility of being the Grinch and taking your Christmas <laughs> from you. Is basically what the video is. But, it, but, it, but, but for those of you out there, you should not go see your relatives on probably should with the current state of things we're not saying that you should we're not saying that that isn't warranted right now for the current stage of the pandemic we're just saying it sucks but you should follow that public health guidelines we're saying that the reason why they're so strict is they have to be strict due to how prevalent the pandemic is and the reason why the pandemic is so prevalent is due to the failures of the progressive conservatives of Manitoba. Yeah. We're not saying follow follow the guidelines that. you should. It's not the end of the world, but it is Pallister direct fault of Pallister uh Pallister's early, earlier actions. That's right. On the issues. That's right. Now he's taking the right actions. Now schools are uh rumors of schools closing are happening. I wonder um, if uh, he's going to unfreeze sure or not. if he's ever going to unfreeze uh salaries and wages of the nurses that have been frozen say, for three years? Yeah. Something like or that. Or even longer, I think, since, he, he was, since they were elected. Three, four years. So, and now they're the ones who were at, at the front lines. And now, you know, Article 10 is coming into effect. And so I, I don't... This is what you get. You're a scumbag. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, he was so driven to open the economy back up mm-hmm. and bring the CFL to Winnipeg, bring people to Winnipeg and open tourism up, all this shit, which is all you can expect from a conservative leader, mm-hmm. really, because that's kind of their whole uh, philosophy is the economy. The private sections of the economy take priority over health and uh, education of the populace. That's, That's better right. put right there. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to, I was, I was angry. I was angry about Understandably that. Understandably so. Understandably because so. 
the American news stations and celebrities. We would just there's like to point multiple out. celebrities that uh, uh, commented on Twitter about this, praising him for being such a good person and saying Canada's doing so good <sighs> and all this stuff. And it's gross. I mean, it's so that's gross. The problem. The, they, they operate under the assumption that Canada is always doing well. Yeah. Compared to the United States. Well, guess what? We got a conservative party too. And they suck. Yeah. They dropped the ball. They dropped the ball on this. And now they're all emotional that they have to be like, oh, stay home for Christmas. I don't want to tell you to stay home for Christmas, but I have to because you're dying. And well, why are we dying? Because of you. So the blood's on your hands, man. Don't blame the people. Fuck. Fuck him. Anyways, next one. (laughs) So something that happened that was a pretty big deal in Parliament was the Liberals announced their fall economic statement. Finance Minister Christia Freeland proposed this, and the main newsworthy part of it was that it proposes a $100 billion stimulus after the coronavirus. So the Liberal government is preparing to spend up to $100 billion to kickstart the post-pandemic economy as it stares down a record-high deficit projection of more than $381 billion for this fiscal year. Yeah. So the short-term stimulus package is valued at $70 billion to $100 billion over roughly three years. The government says the stimulus spending intended to build a greener, more, you know, the, so just some flowery rhetoric um, will launch after a vaccine is distributed and life begins to return to normal. Which is something that we definitely need. That's right. You need a stimulus to get yourself uh, out of a recession. That's right. Which is what we're in right now. Austerity, which is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when the government attempts to cut spending during a economic uh, an economic downturn is the alternative option mm-hmm. to uh, stimulating the economy uh, through spending, and that is the tends to be the conservative approach mm-hmm. to dealing with um, trickle down economics, so to say. It's well, they they don't want to do the spending because they assume that uh, they have to save. Because, they're deficit hawks. Yeah. So, which is ultimately trickle down economics, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So, which is trash, proven trash. So, anyways, that's that's what occurred with the uh, yeah, most fall economic you, statement. You, you need to stimulate the economy to get yourself out of recession. Stimulate. Yeah. Stimulate. Stimulate, stimulate that economy. Now, the three hundred eighty-one billion dollar uh, deficit for this year, I I guess, is expected considering it makes the, sense. The Serb and the the all the help, the bailouts. If you did a good job on COVID. You were going to do have a massive deficit this year. That's right, that's but I think it it's acceptable. That's the, that's the point of the government, though. This is the point: is to have a rainy day fund for when uh, extreme event happens, like a mm-hmm. global pandemic. Maybe that's a little bit bigger than what they were thinking uh, the rainy day fund would be. But that's basically what they're there for: is to make sure that life gets back to normal and they can pull you out of that. Um, the tailspin. The tailspin of that. Yeah, so it's understandable. So yeah, that's literally, they're just playing the role of government. So so we have some information about yeah. what Parliament has been up to. Yeah, the, the voting. The votes in Parliament. Yeah. So first up, we have the opposition motion, number 23, uh, foreign policy towards China. Now, regarding, this is regarding the internment of one million Uyghur Muslims in China, considered by some to be genocide or ethnocide 
So they're basically putting these this Chinese minority into re-education camps. That's right. Suppressing their religious practices. And there's testimonials of alleged human rights abusers, including forced sterilization and contraception. That's right. So this is, it's not looking good. No. Um, uh, some other info is that there's over 85 different camps that were constructed by the Chinese government. Yeah. And, and this has been going on since 2017. A couple of years. They're largely Islamic. That's right. And as well, the, Muslim. The origin for this, this targeting of this specific ethnicity is due to the political movement occurring in the Xinjiang province of China, which is in the northwestern region. Yeah, um, a separatist movement. Yeah, uh, China's considering them a terrorist they're, movement. They're too. a terrorist group. They, there's no actual uh, verifiable links to terrorism, but China's claiming that there's like bombs and they're blowing shit up and killing people. But they can't verify it, so. Mm-hmm. And the vote over this... So... The motion itself called yeah. for economic sanctions to be induced against China. As well as us to recognize it as a genocide. That's right. Under the Sergei Magnitsky law, which, which states that sanctions should be placed against countries that are committing genocide or human rights abuses. Yes, which um, the actual guy that the law is named after was a journalist in Russia who was, uh, I believe, killed. And then oh. we wanted to put economic sanctions on them, so that became law. I see. However, it appears that all of the opposition yep. voted yes on this. So that's the Conservatives, NDP, Green, and which is interesting. The, the uh, block as well. The block as well. Everybody except for the Liberals. Mm-hmm. Only five Liberals uh, voted yes on the motion. Now the motion passed. So the motion passed. So this is going to happen. So they're going to put more good. sanctions on China. It's good over this. It's good, which is China should not be doing this genocide. They should not be doing this genocide. I don't I wonder, know how much it affects China, though. I wonder what the the effects of the the sanctions themselves will be on the Canadian economy and on the Chinese economy. I, I, I don't, don't know. know that part. That's uh, going to be interesting. To I see wonder what happens. why the Liberals voted no. I wonder I why they didn't want to because of economic reasons. For since they're relations. in power, they don't. Well, yeah, since they're in power, they don't want the bad publicity. Right, they don't want right. to uh, maybe sour Canadian-Chinese relations. That's my opinion. Um, it's hyperbole. I don't know for sure, but it's weird. So this is much similar to uh, <laughs> a motion that was proposed previously by uh, the Conservative Party, which sought to target the Chinese company Huawei, the telecommunications company, um, and prevent them their technology being used in, in internet routers and uh, infrastructure. And that also passed with the, uh, the liberals uh, voting it down. Yeah. And then we arrested a Huawei exec. I think that's no, this was, this was like the was end this, of November. Oh, this, this was motion. Just a while ago? Yeah, this motion oh, was. Oh, I didn't, I didn't read that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, that's. Yeah, so, we've been, uh, we've been having an interesting relationship with China. And now we recognize the genocide that's going on there. So, that's probably a good thing. Other things that uh, happened, um, all, everybody unanimously voted. Uh, for Supreme Justices to get uh, sexual assault and harassment education. Right. So this was Bill C-3. Yep. Uh, an act to amend the Judges Act and the Criminal Code uh, on November 23rd. Uh, Everybody's this voted its, yes. So. Was this is second reading? No, it was third reading. It's going oh, so to it's Senate. passed into law. Nice. Well, oh, it's going, well, to, the it's going to the unelected Senate. So, right. um, so we don't know what's uh, happening there, but... Uh, so that's going into 
it's probably going to go through. I, I, there'd be so much bad publicity if it didn't. So mm-hmm. I, I just assume it will. Alrighty. All right. So opposition motion 25 support for healthcare workers on December 2nd was a opposition motion um, that the block put up the block to <laughs> the block Quebecois. Yeah, there we go. Um, in um, fact, uh, the motion. How did the motion read? Uh, the motion read, in fact, this was from the leader of the Bloc Quebecois, Blanchette. The motion tabled says that the House, A, acknowledges the extraordinary work of healthcare workers, including doctors, nurses, and orderlies during the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly with seniors, but also with the general public. B, recognize the courage and sacrifices required from them and their families in order to be on the front lines. C, highlight the work of Quebec and the promises in responding to the health (laughs) crisis and note the direct impact on their respective budgets. And D, call on the government to significantly and sustainably increase Canada health transfers before the end of 2020 in order to support the efforts of the governments of Quebec and the provinces, healthcare workers, and the public. So this is in direct response to the Liberals' uh, fall economic statement. Which we, uh, which we covered earlier. Yeah. Um, so only the Liberals said no to this, basically. That's right. Everybody but the Liberals uh, said, voted for it. Um, one Liberal, however, uh, Marie-Claude uh, Bibeau, the, the French people are going to make fun of me for that mm. pronunciation. Bibeau. Bibeau. I don't know. I'm not French. Okay, so she basically accidentally voted yes. And this is funny because after she's like, oh, I fucked up. Can I change my vote? And the House apparently gets to vote on whether uh, they say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And the House unanimously said no. So uh, she KO'd. was the only liberal to vote yes on the motion, KO'd. which I just thought was hilarious. I mean, it doesn't really matter. No, it didn't affect nothing. They're going, um, it was going to go through no matter it's what. It's going to pass no matter what. But you know. I thought that was funny. That's funny. She just fucked up. She's like, yeah. oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I didn't she mean to vote did. yes. Everybody's she like, nah, fam. That vote counts. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. All right. And then uh, next up uh, was Bill C-7. Um, yeah, the medical assisted dying amendment, which we talked about in our first podcast. That's right. And some weirdness happened. So it appears that the conservatives revised the bill we're assuming we couldn't really find the information on this yeah sometimes open parliament is not as direct yeah we we get all the bill information from the site called open parliament which uh publicizes the minutes basically of everything that happens that's right the conversations the the votes yeah everything the sessions in parliament that's right Yeah, it's a government uh website for uh what is it i Um, think it's government it's dot ca though it's not dot gov oh maybe it's not so it's a transparency right uh, uh site anyway so it yeah. don't matter anyways uh, so it appears considering that the conservatives all voted no on the first and second readings of the bill mm-hmm. I would assume or we are assuming that they proposed a revision of the bill in the third reading that was voted down by everyone else or the, yeah so they avi- or revised am- amended they amended uh, the bill the amendment they amended the amendment and then everybody was just like nah you suck. No, that amendment sucks, bro. Yeah. So they, they slapped it down. Only conser- the conservatives voted yes, which right, is of course. odd because it's not uh, something in their platform. And uh, I, w- I would assume that they made it in the revision. Yeah. Was like they, they put something basically in there. the same shit they had before. Yeah. And so uh, the bill was basically died and then immediately it was 
uh, conquered to the report stage, which means that it's now going back to the second reading, I believe, from what I've read about it. It's going back to the second or first reading, and it's going to be amended further and go back through the House. Mm. So and the conservatives were the only people that voted against that motion. So they wanted the bill to die. To die, basically. Right, of course. Unless they got their thing put through. That's the only way I assume this scenario would. Right. And I'm sure happen. that weakened it significantly. Yeah. Which it was, it was only like a, a new, a couple lines, really. The amendment itself is only a couple it was, lines. It was five points. It was like. Well, no, no. It's just the only thing that was brand new yeah. was that you could make an agreement with your nurse or doctor that if at some point my disease progresses to where I'm no longer lucid or whatever drugs I've taken, I'm no yeah. longer lucid. Therefore, you guys can go ahead with the. Um, assisted dying that I agreed to when I was conscious and lucid. That's really the only addition to, to yeah, the whole it's very, act. It's very minor. So. so I just find it strange how, how this is, how is this <laughs> getting sent back? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, Anyways, ah, bureaucracy. I, yeah, I read up on the conquering, conquered at the report stage and that was, I thought, interesting. Okay. So that's some, nice. that's some in-depth. House of Commons knowledge, I guess. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Who knows? No. No? Am I smart, Cole? You're okay. Okay. Next up. So our That's next... good. So this is a good story, basically. Is, it is. It is. And so our next story uh, involves the mortgage interest rates uh, in Canada, which yeah. fell to under 1% recently. Lowest ever in history. In Canadian, Canadian history. history yes. Um, so basically, the HSBC released a variable rate. Uh, mortgage at 0.99% interest, lowest ever to be offered. There is a bit of, it's a bit off because a variable interest rate is tied to the overnight inflation rate, which is set uh, by the Bank of Canada. Yeah, the uh, Federal Open Market Committee uh, decides to set for banks uh, exchanges or when they uh, exchange their excess uh, reserves with each other. That's overnight. right. For lending. Yes, and for stuff. lending. The, and the overnight interest rate currently is 0.25%. Yeah. You will always pay over the overnight interest rate. Otherwise, of course. Otherwise, the banks are losing money. Basically. That's right. Yeah. Basically, this means that the interest rate changes with the health of the economy. Now, once out of the recession slash depression of COVID-19, these interest it rates will possibly. probably jump up significantly. Yeah. Um, lowering the interest rate uh, has a negative effect on the profits of the banks, but it is done in such a way that it, it smooths out. It, it allows uh, regular people to take out loans when they need to, yeah. when there's economic hardship. Economic and, bond or um, government bonds and shit too. That's right. And so that's why it was lowered the overnight rate was lowered. So when... It, it basically signifies that uh, the economy is in the shitter. Yeah, this is basically a, des a desperate attempt to keep the bank's uh, numbers up and is also signed, yeah. Because yeah. uh, usually in a recession, people hoard their money. So mm -hmm. the banks then don't get that money because they make money when you uh, take loans and spend. So... And then charge you interest. And then charge you interest. So the banks are now saying, hey... Take money out. It's going to be way cheaper now. Buy a house. Buy it's a good house. time to do that. Yeah. Go out, uh, go out Which is actually, house hunting. Right now, I think, is, is busy for house hunting. People are buying houses right now. Well, it's a buyer's market. Yeah. You know, and plus the interest rate is low. Interest rate is low. 
variable rate is a variable, so it's not constant. So once the economy gets back up and going, that's going to go up. That's right. Uh, it's like so it's not, it's not a full or like a 20-year interest rate that you're paying there. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. Probably go up to like 5% or something. I don't know. Right. Um, anyways, I thought that was uh, interesting to talk about. It's kind of like oil hitting uh, the negative numbers. Yeah. In the stock exchange. It's similar. It's similar, it's similar to that. This is more expected, though. Mm-hmm. Still insanely low. And then the last story we got for you guys today is the Bank of Canada's response to Libra, which is now known as Diem, which is Facebook's digital currency. So basically, they're mm. cryptocurrency. They're a form of Bitcoin. Right. So Facebook has been developing their own version of cryptocurrency over the the past uh, year, a little over a year. Uh, the uh, Libra Libra Association, which I believe is going to have a name change. I don't know. Uh, the rebranding has was announced about five days ago, actually. So this association, headquartered in Switzerland, of course, because Switzerland is, is a the, finance is the hub. bank of the world. Basically, they yeah. hold everybody's wallet. While, yeah, while because they, they have such. Uh, Easy laws. Uh, also, because of security reasons, yeah. they have many uh, bunkers in, in mountains that were built yep. um, that are used as data processing centers and data collection centers um, to keep things safe. So, yeah. So, this is the safest place for this business to um, mm-hmm. be. And so, they are creating what is known as a stable coin, which is a cryptocurrency tied to a sovereign currency or stable asset like the dollar or euro rather than a bitcoin type cryptocurrency which fluctuates with demand much like stocks right and and that removes one of the the sole purposes of bitcoin is that it is its own currency without borders yeah it's not controlled by a national bank or tied to the um tied to the amount yeah it's not tied to the conversion rate between that and others but you are so that won't be a part of the the well, situation it 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 will because people will be able to from all over the world they will just need one uh currency so they can travel from the US to uh the European Union to wherever mm-hmm. and pay the with the same currency so that's the benefit that uh is coming from this right and However, also also the other benefit is that it's also anonymous yes that too you can it's basically like a pro, uh Facebook profile you just open it up and put money in it and you're good that's basically it. You don't have to put your name in it or anything like that. Right. Which is one of the selling points. So basically, the Libra Association uh, is a collective of companies. So the original companies that would control this currency, mm-hmm. PayPal, eBay, Spotify, Uber, Lyft, Visa, MasterCard, Thrive Capital, and Andreessen uh, Horowitz. Horowitz. These companies will vote in a representative from within themselves to represent them on this committee. So you'll have a committee that's full of representatives from uh, huge mega corporations. The mega corporations of the world controlling the currency that could possibly be the currency of the world. Yes, potentially. The end goal. The end goal of it, basically. And so... Which is extremely fucked up. A currency run by the mega rich and corporate giants. That's right. So it's a giant red flag. And like I was saying Massive. earlier, earlier since Facebook 
had a hand in the development process. I wouldn't be surprised if the if the anonymity of this that most cryptocurrencies um, enjoy uh, is not found or is hidden yeah. in a way that they can be accessed somehow. No, it's they, not as anonymous or secure as perhaps the other ones, since Facebook is known for selling people's data. They have stated that they are not going to sell the uh, metadata uh, from this comp or this whole system mm-hmm. within uh, their company, uh, like they do with your uh, user profile. Yeah, but nobody believes them. But they said yeah, they weren't selling your data a fucking, before. It's a fucking corporation. Why would you believe a corporation? They lie all the time. Facebook's lied all the time. All the time. And so the biggest differ um, from Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is run by its users, but making a change to their operating system, 50% of the users or miners, which are people that um, own the computers that the system is run on, have to vote on it. This makes it extremely hard to hack as well as uh, makes uh, making significant changes that won't benefit the average user. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50% of people that own Bitcoin have to vote on the same thing in order in to order change to the change operating something. system. Right. And they all have to do it at the same time, I believe. I'm not entirely sure on those uh, facts. So but... basically, it's extremely libertarian yeah. and completely decentralized. Yeah, basically. Right. So there's no uh, Which was the point. power. Yeah. Which is no the point. point. Libertarian's wet dream, basically, and probably the future of uh, currency, in my opinion. Though well, we that's don't know. Hard, that's so hard to predict. We'll see what happens, because it's, it's digital. There is no physical... Uh, There's no physical um, money currency know. here. So, so you're only paying digital. There's no coins or nothing. Right, but... Um, uh, Libra is the opposite of Bitcoin, being uh, authoritarian capitalism, because they are the ultimate... The, or the corporations are the ultimate, have the ultimate say. That's right. The well, they have the council. Have. They elect the council. They elect the council. You have no say. That's right. They could do whatever they want with it, which is extremely scary. That's right. Sovereign nations, almost every sovereign nation, are freaking out about this because it threatens their currency's value, which makes sense. Uh-huh. And the Bank of Canada has responded to, to this. Their response is to make their own digital dollar to compete with Facebook. That's the Bank of Canada. That's the Bank of Canada. So it'll be basically Canada having its own cryptocurrency for Canadians, which I don't see how that works. For this, <laughs> this is so which is weird. weird. It is very weird. because It's so intricate and makes no it, sense it's, unless it's you're an expert. Strange. I mean, the, the whole problem is that these giant, uh, these giant companies, like Spotify, Uber, Lyft, you know, eBay, PayPal, uh, they could force you to start paying for products instead of uh, you can only buy things off their services using their uh, Libra or DM. Yeah. Their cryptocurrency. That's, that's what we're afraid of. Which would increase the value of their cryptocurrency. Yeah. Uh, and per- potentially decrease the value of the whatever nation's yeah, previous the sovereign currency. nations. And so that's, uh, that's a threat. That's a significant threat. Yeah, um, to the power of government. To the basically. power of all governments. Because the government runs the money. That's what the government's sole job is. Well, no, no, it's not a sole <laughs> job, but that's one of the main jobs that, that uh, governments have. One of the main powers that, the main that point of it. governments have. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, these transnational megacorporations are attempting, basically, to erode 
that power is a bad sign. Yeah, so th- this is like a the Alex Jones of the people would be against it. The well, they should be. Libertarians should be against it. The conservatives should be against it. The anybody left who, should be who, who against is it. a nationalist or uh, should be against it. Yeah, a sovereign nationalist or anything like that. Not talking about the xenophobic ones, but anybody who enjoys having borders in their country yeah. and control over what goes on in their nation. Well, even not having borders. Anyone that's against a total power, authoritarian. That's right. So, anyways, yeah, I thought that was insane, and that there, this is coming out in January, I believe. Um, and they uh, rebranded as Diem with the Diem dollar uh, to avoid controversy because governments are like, "What the fuck?" Well, due to the Facebook, the fact that Facebook was the one who developed it, yeah, they want to distance themselves from it. Yeah, so this is extremely scary. But it's hard to do. Facebook people don't like them because they're known for. Uh, being terrible with, with privacy, selling user information uh, for targeted advertisements and mm-hmm. such, um, and they want to distance themselves from them. They themselves, the committee, are made up of other mega corporations people also don't like. Oh, people did pull out of them, so not all those. I, I don't know what the, the, current the current members of the committee are. Members of the committee are. So they had to pay up onto the board. And many of them have backed out because of the controversy. But there are still people up there, which I believe, I, I would assume are the mega capitalist ones, like the uh, Thrive Capital. Probably mm-hmm. the Visa and MasterCard are probably in there. I would assume PayPal is still in there. Probably. Uh, not I'm not sure about eBay. I'm not sure about eBay or Spotify. Uber and Lyft, maybe not. But the other guys definitely are still in. Probably. The venture capitalists, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. As long as they're making money for the, their investors, they don't give a shit. Anyways. So, so that's all we had on the agenda today, folks. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this hopefully, podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed. You're not too scared about that, uh, that last DM point. one. <laughs> uh, remember to, uh, to download to help us out. Yeah, download, subscribe, oh, like, We have some social follow, medias that... We have some social medias that you can find, I do believe, yeah. somewhere on the Spotify page. Yeah, let me just pull that up because I just made them and forgot the names. All right. So we got uh, Twitter at The Canadian Perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram uh, at the.canadian.perspective as the standing one right now. Uh, we also have a YouTube that we haven't posted anything on. but We'll let you know when we We will on. soon. We're planning to uh, do video as well mm-hmm. to audio. Eventually. Eventually, we just haven't got to that stage. When we have yet. the lighting up and ready to go. Yeah, it's a little bit more work that we haven't been able to get around to due to the that's right lockdown. So, anyways, this is the best we can do, and we hope you enjoyed. So that was all, folks. That was the Canadian perspective. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye, bye. See you next week.